from the home offices of Ash and Flow. This is Unbillable Hours, a podcast about professional services marketing. Stick around and listen to our insights, tips, and best practices to improve your firm's marketing and even your career. Hey, Flow. Seems like we're back. Hey Ash, yeah, we're we're back for a new episode of the Unbillable Hours podcast, which uh, it's we're not here quite to a new disclaim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually an old episode, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so we had to take a break from recording just a little bit. Um, and well, so we look, dug into the archives, right, to to find an episode which might be a good segue into what we're planning. Yeah, just. For you regular listeners out there, we have a mini series of episodes coming up real soon. And one of the reasons why we didn't do a recording today is because we needed to plan that out. And of course, as people who always talk about marketing planning and things like that, these things need to be done properly. So hey. It was it was either spend the time we have prepping for this thing or recording just anything and we went with the form and other letter. So we we hope you will excuse us or or understand the decision here and enjoy the sort of replay of episode 1 from our season 6 which was titled Leadership Notes and it's our conversation with Eric Schaefer, a published author, former consultant extraordinaire, right? And also mm-hmm. former senior management director at a major consulting firm and and he'll talk to us about how leadership generally thinks about marketing how maybe it should think differently and then also how he as a business leader organized yeah marketing business alignment business marketing alignment whatever right and and try to have everyone be one team and act like it exactly yeah so hey have a listen and we'll get back to you with new content next week yeah let's get to this i'm I'm excited for this episode welcome oh, yeah. everyone welcome ash and welcome eric schaefer who joins us from out of his next life so to speak after working in consulting for pretty much the entire career up to this point, right, Eric? You've been a consultant, a practice leader, a practice builder, actually, who uh, ran quite uh, big businesses for Accenture for, for many years. And you'll you'll have to detail that a little bit. I'm not sure I, I know everything you've done. And so we'll, we'll be interested in hearing from you what your experiences have been with marketing and the professional services context and what you, your perspective as a business leader has been or is on you know just generally what what marketing can do for firms how it could do that better and all these things so don't know i'm, I'm excited to get into it yeah okay hi guys hi hi so, <laughs> so maybe maybe can i take you a little bit back in, in in your history your career eric i don't know what was your first job where you sort of had is that the right way to put it? PL responsibility, or you had to build an actual part of the business for for Accenture? Can do you remember that? What that was? Well, that that was a long time ago. To be fair, I mean, I I, <laughs> I worked at Accenture for over thirty three years. So uh, started thirty three years. Okay. Oh, wow. Thirty three years. So started out in eighty seven at the time as a young analyst in the uh, in the Paris office in consulting, as you okay. said. And 
spent all of my career in, in consulting, working for industrial companies. And the, and, the, and the fun fact was that as I lived in the US before joining Accenture, my English was okay. So usually I got stuck or assigned on all the American accounts in Europe. <laughs> you know, the caterpillars of this world, the Fords and the others. So that, that was a, that's where I learned how the, uh, the firm was a very global firm. Okay. Uh, interesting enough. Yeah. And, and basically industrial and then industry X.O. Uh, that was the last frontier that I, the last challenge that I, that I took up more or less always for the products operating group. So, and, and really PNL responsibility. I think that started off when I took the client service group. I can't even remember when that was, <laughs> that, okay. that, that was far away. But about that time, like what was, can you, can you describe what was your view of sort of marketing role in, in that job of building those businesses? How did, how did you think about it? <sighs> I'll, I'll be very honest. Yeah, please. I, yeah, we love that. I, I, I didn't even know marketing existed at that time. <laughs> no, no, to be to, yeah, to, fair enough. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not even sure we had a marketing or we had a marketing function, but it was really a marketing person for maybe for the geography or for the uh, for the industry. But in in, in the old days, and that sounds, mm. cool, but in the old days, you know, you. You sold, you, you were there as a consulting selling something and then mm. you delivered it. You didn't really need to market it at, at, as such. Okay. Yeah, and that's... That was pretty simple. And, and the business was pretty simple. And uh, Bill Green usually said uh, making sausages is what consulting is all about. So, you know, you don't need a lot of marketing to sell yeah. sausages. But now the business, I mean, over time, of course, to be very serious, the, the business became a bit more complex. The selling process became a bit more complex. Competition became a bit more active. So you, you really needed to be able to get your messages out to your clients. What exactly were you selling? What exactly were you committing on? What exactly was differentiating you from the competition? Mm. And, and, and I think that is what marketing is, is all about is really helping the consultants or the consulting practice getting, I was going to say simple messages, but getting messages out mm -hmm. to the market or clients that they understand, yeah. which is honestly what not what consultants do. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really having somebody that understands what you do, understand what the client wants or the market wants and making the link between the two. And, and I think that was for me, that is what marketing was all about when I, and what I was expecting from the marketing function. And the okay. Marketing. So it's almost and like a, sorry, I should go. No, no, and I was just going to say, did they deliver at the start when you started like connecting with them? Like, because one of the big issues is the whole ambiguity and I, we completely agree with you in that it is about simple messages, message, simple messages about complex things and yeah. Did you find that it was a bit of a challenge or like trying to explain to them? It was, it was a bit of challenge, but I'm not sure it was a challenge explaining to them. It was a challenge of me understanding that they were better at it than I was. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I think that is one thing, at least I'm not, as a consultant, you, you tend to believe that, you know, best what your client wants, hmm. which might be true, yeah. but mm -hmm. then it is how do you get the message across 
and make the client understand that you are the best fit for them. And I, and I think that is where we go at it from a very technical standpoint. So we show all that we do. We want to push the maximum of content and then your client gets overwhelmed and gets lost. And that's, I think that is where the marketing folks come in is they can make that they bridge. They can make that bridge between the client and the team, understanding what the client is looking for and simplifying the connection. Not simplifying the mess. Well, simplifying maybe the messages, but it's simplifying the connection. And and can I get your reaction to this? Because you you mentioned that you you felt you were very good at it already, which I would agree, and I think yeah, many consultants do this, and in fact they have a point because usually the way you raise to a position like the ones you had is you're quite good at growing the practice, right? That's sort yeah. of a prerequisite for the job. So you build a book of business, and you're you are good and it's been proven that you can grow i don't know the accounts by five seven percent or whatever year after year so i can understand when people say why do i need marketing right i've i've just done this but so my my question to you is how would you react to this idea that i think some of the value that marketing can bring is do what you're very good at but in in a broader context because i think what i also heard from from you was very often a consult is they live within the book of business or the, the accounts they see. And I make this joke all the time and I made it to, to, a, to a friend we have in, in the automotive practice somewhere. If, if you have worked for, let's say, pick any name, Volkswagen for 15 years, I get it that you do know Volkswagen very well, but it's not the same as knowing the entirety of the automotive market. Like you have, a, you have customer insight in, just, in this one particular setting, but a value add marketing can bring and sort of broaden that out and maybe help you get the message across to people you're you're not as familiar with or as intimate with. <clears throat> Does that make sense? It, it, it makes sense. I would even go maybe one step further is that you work at your account, so you know your account inside out. Then what is what I think marketing brings is the what is happening at other accounts in the automotive space, if we take yeah. the automotive uh, mm -hmm. as an example, as the proxy. But I think the most the more most of the value comes from when marketing brings what is happening outside of your industry and what are other industry folks industry teams doing how do they go to market in consumer goods how are they going to market in in life sciences and, and i think there's always some good lessons to be learned from other industries and i think i i do believe in that that's a consultant term in that cross industry or cross fertilization and, and I think that's where marketing, that is one, for me, one of the values that marketing brings. The, the second thing is that, I mean, marketing is a, requires, I mean, some deep marketing skills. And I always remember how Sonia and the team helped us bring to life Hanover Mesa, mm -hmm. an industrial fair. I mean, honestly, we couldn't have pulled it off without the marketing team and, and yeah. the marketing know-how because preparing, getting the messages, the agendas, making it known, running the show, because it is a show and it's a marketing show. I mean, that's a requires, you know, experience yeah. and, and that experience we as consultants do not have. So, 
I'm guessing what you're, what you're saying is uh, because we have a question on here that says, where have you seen it work well? I, I think you sort of yeah. implicitly answered is, is if, if the business can bring the expertise and marketing can take it and almost run it through an editorial process, I, I don't know what the right wording is, but... Maybe a messaging kind of framework yeah. there for for the respective like platform, be it an event, be it you know something else. Yeah. So that's that's a recipe for success you, you seem to describe here. It, it is. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it, it's fair to say that. I think it is a recipe for success. I mean, it, it is. I think it's difficult to when you've got a and I, and I take the Hanover Messe as a proxy, but there's many industrial, I mean, mm. fairs or events where we want to go. Or, or, or just participating with partners to their own events. It's easy for us to bring the content mm. and on what is the right content yeah. and how to make sure that this content impacts the client. And, and, and I think that was all, for example, that was, the, that was what our marketing folks do extremely well is, mm -hmm. is pick on what is the demo? What is the client case? What is the article and so forth? Mm -hmm. So the piece of yeah. thought leadership that is going to have an impact and is going to interest our clients, mm -hmm. the medias, and, and so forth, and, and create buzz. And, and I think I call it a marketing show. It is a show. And I, and I think that's very, very important because at the end of the day, I mean, all the clients that came to Hanover Mesa, and, and we had many, many clients, they usually remember that they spent a, was it a good time for them? Yeah. That's usually mm -hmm. what they remember. And a good time doesn't mean have a drink and a nice conversation. Is did they learn something? They might not remember what they learned. Is did they find it interesting at the time? Did they meet interesting people? Did mm -hmm. they feel at ease? So it's, it's, it's very subjective and, and it's, and I think that also requires experience to create this ambiance yeah. where people feel comfortable and remember. And I think that's our marketing. That's what marketing is is all about. And and it has a direct, direct or indirect, but I think it's a direct impact on the business. And I see marketing more as an accelerator of our business and our growth mm -hmm. than maybe creating new opportunities. Because that we we, I mean, we can grow, as you mentioned, the business five, 10, 20, whatever percentage, depending on the practice. Mm -hmm. But marketing brings a times, times 1.2 or times 1.3. It accelerates our growth. And, and I think that, that, that is for me also the outcome and, and, the, and the impact on, the, uh, on our business. Do, do you have a view on the on the other market the consulting firms target, which is the talent market? Do you have a, or is that not was it not that much of your focus? It wasn't that, that much of my focus. Okay. That's fair. based on what you're saying, Eric. It sounds like one of the big things that marketing can bring to the table is insights, really, because they bring the whole insight to help guide the messaging and the conversation that you need to take to the next step. The question that Flo and I always, you know, bring up is that often marketing is not in, in a lot of places, not really there at the table. So they miss out on a few key conversations and things that can actually help things like, oh, 
if we knew that this is what the client was talking about or this is what the group was talking about, we can add those messages. What What's your view on that? Because Flo and I have been talking about this practically every episode almost. <laughs> well, it's a recurring uh, theme. It's a recurring thing. I can, I, 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 get the, I can understand that. I mean, at the beginning, usually what, what I did, when I took the industry managing director role, what I usually did is work with the team and the team was the consulting team on the strategy and the plan. Mm -hmm. Then when I came with the plan, the strategy and the plan, I gave it to the marketing team and said, that's it, go and run with it. Sure. Okay. To be honest, that didn't really work. So to your point, I think where it really works is when you bring everybody to the table from the start, from the beginning. And, and I think here too, having the marketing team with the industry team or the client service group team, whatever practice, the practice leadership and marketing is part of the practice leadership, but all the components sitting at the table, thinking about what the strategy needs to be. I think that's where it works out best because I mean, from beginning, having diverse points of view and people with different perspective always i think has a better outcome so that i mean that's that's a basic and secondly if everybody participates to building the strategy then everybody feels empowered mm -hmm. to, to, to bring it to execute it so where it has really worked out is from an industry perspective is having the whole team participating to the strategy brainstorming sessions and so forth uh, and presentation to the top senior uh, leadership. And when I look at industry X.O, honestly, it was built from the beginning with our marketing folks and our marketing folks participated to the strategy, to what we wanted to do, to what were the right offerings, how do we position it to the market and, and, and so forth. That's, that's very, that's very interesting and, and a nice way to do it, which we would like to see more of. Just saying that marketing is part of the practice leadership. I think that's, that's a great take and, and a great stance to have is also not, not everywhere, the, not the reality everywhere, so to speak, but um, to, pushing a little bit on that, how, how, how often did you, or did you ever sort of seek out st strategic inputs from, from the marketing teams or did you expect them to bring those when you think about things like i don't know even market segmentation for me is a fascinating topic because so many consulting firms do that in the broadest terms and that already often means leaving potential on the table from from a marketing perspective but it's usually not discussed with the marketing teams right you just that's some of the things which are treated as givens like you say we go after tier one automotive suppliers in France and that's it. And, and did you have discussions about on that level of strategic, let's call those strategic inputs or was that something you well, did with the business team? It's, it's, it's a bit of both. So let, let's try <laughs> to build on that one is I mean, especially with Accenture, our strategy was always pretty, pretty simple. And you go after the bigger cats. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's a big firm, so. So honestly, the strategy from that perspective was you go after the big accounts and you double yeah. your business every every three or four years. Well, that's a basic strategy. I, I think where marketing really helped from a strategic standpoint is when you decide to go maybe look at the tier one automotive suppliers, which you mentioned, which mm -hmm. are not very big accounts. So you, you don't go after them one by one. 
versus a world where you've got a specific strategy to penetrate this that account. When you look at the tier ones or, or the lower end of the G2000, G5000, then you, you go at these accounts through a more programmatic approach. Yeah. You've got a few offerings and you position these offerings at all of these accounts. And I think this is where marketing really can play a strategic role is in helping the practice define how do I go about this? How do I, what are the campaigns that I launch? How do I manage the campaign? What are, how do I, what's the content? And I think that's honestly, I see more value in marketing and helping in those programmatic campaigns than helping out and penetrating one account. Yeah, because that's much more business yeah. development sales territory, right? Where you, where you yeah. often even drive engagement with individual people and so forth. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think that even fits your expectation around marketing being the accelerator because those types of programs you mentioned often have the higher, they have the higher sales velocity, right? It's just, it's, yeah. it's, you're more likely to close, I don't know, six-figure deals with mid-market companies than you are getting a multi-million dollar deal with, you mentioned Volkswagen. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I, that's that 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 makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry, Ash. Did you mean to say something? No, 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 not yeah? not okay. that. I, I was just thinking that something that probably would have helped a bit more is also see the direct connection between the marketing and sales, because often what we do see is that it's hard to like measure the impact of you've done something and then. I mean, you hear like, okay, you sold because of like a thought leadership or those like conversations at an event, but when you tie into the actual effort versus coming out, have you been able to see more like a direct correlation or at least measured it, be but, able to measure? But I, I, would, I would push back on that and say, is that important? Is that really important to see the contribution, the direct contribution of marketing, the direct contribution of the consulting folks, the direct contribution of more the tech folks or the digital folks? At the end, it's a team play. Yeah. But it, what is important is that you either grow your account or you grow your cluster of accounts or you grow your practice. Now, whether marketing contributed to 33.7% and consulting did 0.3, I mean, honestly, that's all. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. It, it, it is a team play. Either you grow the practice or you don't and you grow it profitably. And if you don't grow it, then honestly, it's consulting, marketing, and all the yeah. practices didn't do their job. I if completely it grows, everybody did their job. And it's very difficult to, you know, sort of separate. And what, what we were just trying to talk there was like, we apply different tactics and some of them might not necessarily work. And so it's just to like identify which, which is better or worse, but no, I, I think you can do that. Even Agreed. Oh, okay. From that perspective, yes. But I think even there, there is something to be said, and I'm getting back to this more and more. I was completely on the on the Martech tech stack hype train for a bit. I'm getting back out of it, and I'm much more like you mentioned some of this more qualitative stuff. Like if you run a major trade show, and obviously there is some look at ROI in terms of dollars and stuff probably involved. But to your point, Ash, did this work as a tactic or not? Just go and ask. You know the 20 clients who were there and if they say this was great right that's that's that might be enough of an indicator i say might depending on where you work might not be enough but lots of these qualitative signals right you you have a you have a book out like eric 
two of them, or you write a blog post and it gets shared or the feedback comes back and people mention it in an email. Yeah, it's hard to put that on a bar chart, right? Or something, but it's not nothing. So if you, I think, yeah, you can, even even with the judging whether something works or not, I'm, I'm back again in qualitative signal territory versus... Yeah, going away from stuff. the MarTech stack that we've been like, you know, touching on. Yeah, which is yeah, paying which more of a B2B thing anyway. Paying 400k well, for a software solution to to explain 250k of influence revenue, it's just a, <laughs> it's just a, it's just feels like a bullshit endeavor to me. But anyways, yeah, no, that's 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 yeah. very interesting. I just wanted to. I'm looking at the time. I think we don't want to take up too much yeah. of your time, Eric. I don't know. Do you, do you have any? You sort of already shared your perspective about involving the entire team. Do, do you have any more words of advice for people? Uh, step up in roles where collaborating with marketing becomes more of their more of their day well there's there there's maybe one word of advice don't let them do their stuff just like don't let the consultants do their consulting stuff on their own and don't let the marketing (laughs) folks do their marketing things on their own and 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 i think that's where honestly i've seen it really not work Mm -hmm. is when everybody does their stuff on their own yeah. Collaboration is, I think, the, the key point. I think that's that's number one. That's the most important. And then bringing marketing, as well as the other parts of the firm and the practice from day one to think through the strategy and then the, the plan for the fiscal year, the tactics and, and driving the campaign. So it, it is it has always been and I think it continues to be a team play. And I think that's the most that's the most important thing. And marketing is part of the team and marketing is part of the leadership of the practice, whatever the practice. Nice. That was perfect. Ash, I think yes. we, we, we can almost wrap it up. But Eric, do you want to point people to to some place online where they can find what you're working on right now? Or is that? Are you happy uh, to not do that? <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm more than happy to do this. I've got a, I mean, what is the best social network in the world if it's not LinkedIn? So yeah. this is where I am, where you can sort of see what I do. And I'm always looking for great ideas. And if you've got a great idea from as a startup, you want to launch a new business, don't hesitate to knock on the door. If you've got great ideas also around Industry XRO, I'm still passionate about smart connected products and still working on the topic with, with a few industrial companies. Uh, is there is there a third book in the making or is that no 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 <laughs> no I, okay. I couldn't do it without without marketing so as i don't have a marketing <laughs> oh. team I, I i i can't no no i don't oh. want to do that but i'm still leveraging what i've done with the two books with you guys with the mm-hmm. uh, marketing folks and i still have a few clients calling me up and saying can you come and talk to our clients about smart connected products so and so I think that uh, shows that we did something all together. That that's so that's what content does for you if it's done well. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Nice. All right. Okay. Thank you very much, Eric. That was great. Thanks for taking the time. And then best of success yeah. with your new ventures after the consulting life. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being on the show, Eric. Thank you. Thanks for uh, asking me to uh, share my perspective. Really enjoyed it. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Unbillable Hours. If you want more, tune in next week. You know where to find us.